0: thanks for checking out the lakeshore podcast if this is your first time listening with us we want you to know god loves you we want for your hope in jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life wherever you are joining us from we hope this message encourages you well uh, once again in case we haven't met maybe you came in a little bit late uh my name is brandon and uh, my wife and I, we serve as the campus pastors here at this particular location. Uh, We are three, three churches. We are one church in three different locations, and uh, we're so happy to have you here today. Genuinely, let me just say that uh, if you're here and it's your first time or you're watching online for the first time, uh, genuinely, we are so happy. And we feel so privileged and honored to have you here today uh, because we we just we love people and we care about people. and We think it's such a huge honor and opportunity anytime that we get the ability to uh, minister and be a part of what God's doing in people's lives. Uh, if you got a Bible this morning, go with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. We're continuing today in a series that we have been in for the last number of weeks. This is week number three, a series that we've been in called I Can't Live Like This Anymore. I can't live like this anymore. And uh, we're talking about in this series, uh, r- really it's about relationships. Uh, but, 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 but in particular about how to walk in forgiveness and how to walk in right and reconciled relationship in relationships. You know, we've been saying this, but relationships really are one of the most precious things that we have. I said this last week, uh, I don't know if it is the truth, but I think it's a truth that when God wants to bless you, often he sends you a person. That when God really wants to bless you, often he sends you the right person at the right time. Relationships in the heart of God and in reality, they are so incredibly valuable. But but I don't know if you've noticed this in 2024, at least here in American culture, uh, we live like relationships are disposable, do we not? We, we, we can be so quick to block that person, uh, unfriend, unfollow that person to make it, and I'm never talking to them. And, and, and if we're not careful, we, we can treat relationships like they're, they're just disposable. Well, you know, it's me and Jesus against the world. And if people want to be a part of that, great. If not, then good riddance. But the reality is that, that that's, that's a flawed perspective. It's a flawed mentality because relationships are a gift from God. And relationships, we need them. They add so much value to our life. But, but the reason we live like they're, they're disposable maybe is because in every relationship, there is the opportunity for conflict, for offense, for bitterness, for frustration, for dysfunction to happen. Uh, I'm sure every single one of us without even really having to think about it can probably think of multiple relationships in our life that maybe at one point were so good, were so amazing, and then something happened. Something was said, something transpired and and there was the opportunity for hurt. And frustration and, and, and the relationship has never been the same. And really the heart of this series is saying, you know what? I, I, can't, I can't live like this anymore. I can't live like relationships are disposable. I can't live with all this stuff on the inside of me. I don't know what to do with this. I heard, heard, heard one author say this, and we said it last week, that unforgiveness, it's like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. That unforgiveness and bitterness and all this stuff that can get lodged in our heart. It's like sitting across the table from someone and just drinking a big glass of poison and sitting there like, yeah, I'm going to watch you bite the dust. It, it, it never happens. That unforgiveness, it re- really, it only hurts us. And, and in this series, we've been talking about how do we walk in forgiveness. How do we, the way the Bible has prescribed it, how, how do we live in relationships where we're actually, we're actually making room for offense and hurt and pain because we know how to walk in forgiveness and we know how to extend what has freely been given to us. Uh, I ask you to open up with me to Matthew chapter 18. We're going to read verses 15 through 17 today. And um, we, we are continuing in this series. And I want to talk today just very practically about how we walk out the forgiveness that God has commanded us to walk in. How do I walk out what God has commanded me to walk in? And I'm gonna to read to you verses 15 through 17. Jesus is speaking and Jesus says this, moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault, listen to this, between you and him alone. And if he hears you, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. And if he refuses, tell it to the church. But if he refuses even to hear the church, let him be to you like a heathen and a tax collector. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. The title of the sermon today that I want to preach is simply titled this, Do It God's Way. Do it God's way. Just because it's 9.45 in the morning on a rainy Sunday morning, uh, just to make sure we're alive, we're awake, look at your neighbor and with some oomph, just say, do it God's way. Come on, just just do it God's way. Have you noticed that every one of us, uh, we have a propensity to do things our way? Uh, My wife and I were driving in the car yesterday And I was thinking about the sermon and and I said, hey babe, can you think of a story or an example of where I've tried to do things my own way and it wasn't the right way, it was my way, it was just my way and it worked out really, really uh, poorly. And she said, oh, there's just so many. That's not encouraging. (laughs) But but it's just the reality that all of us, we have a tendency to do things our way. And, And we forget that God, He's the creator, he's the designer, he, he, he is the originator of all things and therefore for things in almost every area of life to, to flow, to work the way that they're supposed to work, we gotta ask the question, what, 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 hold on, what does the creator say about it? The, whole, the one who designed and created this whole thing, what's his way? And can I just tell you that in every area of life, God actually does have a way. Man, we want to have a great marriage. God's got a way. We want to raise great children who love Jesus and who serve the society and his house. God has a way. Man, we want our finances to be blessed. And we wanna be so blessed, we can be a blessing to other people. God has a way. I want favor and promotion, and I wanna kill it at my job. God has a way. In every area of life, God actually has a way. And and yet so often the reason that we we, we don't connect the dots and things don't flow or go the way they should is, is because I'm doing it my way. And we don't stop to say, God, if you have a way, what is your way? One of the things that we can kind of get caught in in church is we can sit and we can hear sermons, we can go to conferences, we can read our Bible, and and we can get very familiar with what God is asking us to do. But never take the time to learn or consider, but how did God say to do it? Okay, I, I know God has asked me to walk in forgiveness. We've been talking about how this whole forgiveness subject, everything we're talking about, it has to be from the lens of how does God say it works? So so like we started in this series saying that there's a flow to forgiveness that I actually can't give to anybody what I do not uh, uh, what what I don't have. I can't give what I haven't received. And so the starting place is to get in the flow and fully receive all that God has generously poured upon me. We talked about last week how God's forgiveness, it is limitless. It is without bounds. God, he forgives all of our sins. He doesn't call us or treat us like, like we behave. No, he gives us an identity in him. And, and we talked about how the goal is not being right, but the goal is right relationship. And we can get real, real familiar. Okay, okay, I got it, I got it. But Pastor, enough, I got it. Walk in forgiveness the way that God has forgiven me got it. Extend limitless forgiveness without bounds and make my goal right relationship, got it. But if we're not careful, we don't stop and say, yeah, yeah, but how do I do that though? I know what God's asking me to to, to walk in, this limitless forgiveness, giving what I've received, but how do I walk that out? And Jesus actually right here in Matthew 18, 15 through 17, he gives us four practical steps. Now, I think for for many of us, myself included, um, areas where maybe currently or in the past, we've had conflict with people. We might be able to identify, oh, I didn't do it that way at all. And, and I think God can help us this morning to see some things if we'll let him. Here's what Jesus says, verse 15, he goes, listen, um, so let's start here. If, if you have someone who offends you, you, you have someone who they sin against you, they wrong you, they frustrate you, they step on your brand new shoes and they get a scuff on them. He, he goes, here, here's your first step. Go to that person alone. Go have a private one-on-one conversation and go to that person. And here's the deal. If they hear you, they repent, they ask for forgiveness, forgive them. And you've gained a brother. But if they're like, no way, you are absolutely ridiculous. That's not what I meant. That's not what I said. How could you even ever think that of me? The Bible goes, well, remember the goal, it's not being right. The goal is right relationship. So, so go and get someone else, verse 16, and bring them with you because maybe you need a mediator, maybe you need a third party, maybe you need a different perspective and take a trusted brother or sister with you and try again. And, and if they refuse... That, that you're ganging up on me, you're cornering me. Th- this is ridiculous. Okay, okay then, then maybe it's time to get to get the church involved. And we'll, we'll talk about, about this in a moment because what it doesn't mean is bring them in front of the church on a Sunday morning. Pastor, pastor, if just one second, I brought my friend Bob with me today and um, I'd like to publicly just like, no, that's not what we're talking about. But but we'll talk about this in a second. What, what Jesus is referring to is there's times that you, you need to get leadership involved. Uh, m- maybe they're not a part of the church and you're not gonna take your pastor to the workplace, but you need to go and say, I need a pastor or a lead. I need someone to give me some counsel. I need some, wi- what am I not seeing? What am I missing here? Why? Because the goal is right relationship. And Jesus says, here's the deal. If you go to them alone and that doesn't work, if you take someone else with you and that doesn't work, if, if you go get a pastor or a leader and you get wise counsel and you get leadership and it, it still doesn't work, he says in verse 17, then, then treat them like a heathen, like an unbeliever, like a tax collector. In other words, then draw a clear line and create a healthy boundary. One of the things, again, that I think it's important we, we see in this whole subject is that we are only doing things the way that God does things that this whole subject of forgiveness, we're getting in the flow of God's forgiveness towards us. And I don't don't know if you've ever considered this before, but these four steps that we just kind of like briefly talked about, and we'll get to them a little bit later, these four steps, it's actually the way that God interacts with you and I. Like, have you considered this that whenever we're in error, that when we're in sin, when we're walking in a way or doing things that are not pleasing to the heart of God, that that God, he convicts us of our sin and gives us the opportunity to to repent. I I remember when when, when I was younger, I, I didn't know like all the nuances of how this whole thing worked, but I did know that God can speak to people. And I can remember being in church services, sitting on the front row, being like, all right, God, here's the deal don't tell the pastor what I'm doing. Don't like, I don't, I don't know how it works completely, but just don't expose me. I I promise I will never, because I I, I didn't realize that, no, God, he, he always comes and he speaks to us personally first. Well, here's what the Bible says, John 16, eight. And when he, the Holy Spirit is comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Because God desires right and reconciled relationship with you and I, because he desires that we walk in intimate fellowship with him. God, when we are in air, he always comes and deals with us privately. Come on, you, you know what I'm talking about because we've all been there before where ain't nobody knows but you and God, but, 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 but you know on the inside, God's dealing with you. God's speaking to you. But here's what the scripture also tells us that when we kind of just ignore that, because we 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 all have and can do that times like that's that's bad pizza. I, I don't really think I need to deal with that. That what God will do is God will actually, He will use relationships in our life. God will use relationships in our life to to, to help us to see what we cannot see. I th- think it's on the screen. You can put that up, number two. God uses relationships to show us what, uh, what or where we need to repent. I think about scriptures in, in the Bible where, where the Bible says this, that like iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Think about scriptures in Proverbs where it says this, that faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. In other words, what the Bible helps us to see is that God, he actually does use friendship. He uses relationships in our life to, to help us to see areas where, where we need to repent, where we need to make a change, where we, where, we, where we need to make an adjustment. Why? Because God desires right and reconciled relationship with you and I. And yet, if we refuse, come on, you, we, we, we've all been there before. But man, God's dealing with us and he even brings one of our annoying friends to help point something out. God God will use your spouse and we can joke about that, but marriage is a gift from God. And part of the reason God, he, 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 he's brought you your spouse is because you're supposed to be together, iron sharpening, iron going and growing in relation and God will use your spouse and God will start using people. But if we're like, no, can you believe so-and-so? Then, then what God will also do is God will use the church. Remember Hebrews 10, 34 through 35, I believe it is, or maybe it's 24 through 25. It says, remember, we're gathering together, not just to sing songs and hang out and hear sermons, but Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says we're actually gathering together to stir one another up. We're gathering t- to together to provoke one another, to prod one another, to love and good works. N- 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 nobody likes to hear this, but part of the role of church pastors and church leaders and even church community is to help us see what we cannot see, to help us grow in areas that we don't wanna grow, to, to help us make decisions we don't want to make. God will use his body he will use pastors he will use leaders he will use friends and other people in the community and still if we refuse for going nope i i will not yield myself to what god is speaking to me this is not a popular thought but fourth thing i want you to see is that god he actually allows separation and creates boundaries when we refuse to repent that God actually, he will allow separation and create boundaries when we, that, that, that's not God, Brandon. No, God would never do that. I heard one pastor say that for many people, they have this image of God. Like God is just the desperate boyfriend who I don't, I don't care what you do. I want you back. And he's just throwing rocks at your window. And, and we got to remember, God is not a desperate boyfriend. Oh, God is in love with you and I. And God will do and has done everything he can to draw us and lead us to repentance, to right relationship with him. But let us not forget that God is God, that he is the king of all the earth. And not only does the Bible say that God is to be loved and served and worshiped, the Bible says God is to be feared. I, I, I. I don't think that God would. would I, I want to give you a couple of scriptures today, just just, just so I, you can see this. Romans one twenty four says this. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God's uh, of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the, rather than the Creator who is blessed forever. Verse twenty six. For this reason. God gave them up to vile passions. And we'll we'll, we'll pause right right there for time's sake. The point is, Paul says, listen, I want you to see that there are times where when we refuse to worship God, we refuse to honor God, we refuse to yield and submit to what God is saying, that there are times that God will give us up to our own passions, you, you, you gotta be careful because our hearts, if we're not careful, we can let them grow very hard. And that thing that used to really just bother you when you were sensitive to God, you, used to, you, you refused to yield to God pretty soon. You won't even realize that you've progressed in that. The Bible says this in 1 John, 1 John chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse five, this is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. I love this verse, verse six. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and don't practice the truth. First John said, no, don't don't forget God is light and in him is no darkness at all and if we if if we insist on walking in persistent consistent unrepentant darkness and we go oh it's good though because me and God though we are so close the bible goes you're crazy man you you are so self-deceived to think that you can have intimate fellowship with god and yet yet not walk in honor no, no god is light and in him is no darkness. So I love this. The psalmist says in Psalm 24, the psalmist says this, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. We love John three sixteen. 16. Oh, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only begotten son. And what we don't love and we don't often focus on is John chapter three, verse 36, which says this, he who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. See, we, we, we gotta understand that this whole progression Jesus is giving us, he is he's showing us and he's, he's helping us to realize, no, this is the way God walks towards us that because God desires right and reconciled relationship. God, he, he comes to you and I and he convicts us of our sin. He comes alone and says, hey, can I talk to you about this? Hey, this area, th- th- this is not okay. This is not right. And if we, we, we shake that off, he goes, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, gi- my desire is re- relationship. I'm not giving up on you. I'm going to send friends. I'm going to send parents. I'm going to send your spouse. I'm going to send people all around you to help you to see the things you're refusing to, to, to see because I'm speaking them to you. We shake all that off. God goes, oh, okay, okay, okay. No, I I love you. I want relationship. I'm I'm going to send some pastors. I'm going to send some leaders. I'm going to send some people in your church that can help you and 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 challenge you. And if we refuse all of that, there, 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 there does come time where God he he doesn't create like that's it I'm at, but he allows there to be separation as we are walking away from right and reconciliation. He draws boundaries. It's important we see this because remember, we are, we are walking in forgiveness in the flow. Someone say flow. In the flow of the way that God has demonstrated forgiveness for us. I wanna give you with the time remaining today just four quick thoughts from this passage. So how do I practically walk in forgiveness? Number one, you can write this down. Go to the one who has offended you. Right there for so many people, you go, oh, that's where I missed it. Be, because I just got mad. I just got frustrated. I just went to my corner. I called another friend. Can you believe that? And and I didn't stop to actually go and have a conversation. Jesus, he said, Here, here's the first step. Um, if your brother sins against you, go to him alone. And don't get other people involved. Don't, don't go talk about them negatively. No, you, know, you go to him alone and you have a conversation. I think two of the hardest words for us to say because we're so grown up and so mature are, you hurt my feelings and I'm sorry. Who wants to say you hurt my feelings? Oh, gross. What are you, three years old? But, but Jesus goes, no, when, when you get hurt, you bear the responsibility before God to go, hey, can I talk to you? Um, this probably isn't what you intended, but this hurt me. I remember a couple of years ago, I was at a youth roller skating night. Um, it was as torturous as it sounds, roller skating for hours. But I was at a youth roller skating night and um, I was sitting, sitting at a table with a bunch of high schoolers and uh, we we're just kind of joking around. And I thought we were joking around. So you know it, it, it's time to go back and skate again. And about thirty minutes later, one of our high schoolers, says, Pastor Brandon, can I can I talk to you? Yeah, yeah, sure, man. And so we skate on over to the little table and we sit down. And he goes, Hey, um, I know that you probably didn't mean it like this, but when you made that joke, that really hurt my feelings. And I went and prayed about it, and. I wanted to come and and bring it to you. Like, talk about maturity for a 16-year-old. I wanted to come and bring it to you because I didn't want to let bitterness take root in my heart. When's the last time you've walked in maturity like that? I'm hurt, I'm offended, and I'm taking it to God. And so that bitterness doesn't take root in my heart, I'm humbling myself to say, "Can can I talk to you? This probably wasn't your intention. You probably didn't mean it this way, but you hurt my feelings. This, when, when, when you do this, when you say this, it, it touches a part of my heart that I don't think is healed yet. It, it hurts. See, a lot of times where we err is we don't even give people the opportunity to say I'm sorry. We don't even give people the opportunity repent. Let's just, let's just just call it what it is. All of us to to one degree or another, we have inside of us hurt, pain, insecurity, and let's just call it like it is. We don't see things correctly most of the time. That that joke that that, that I made at the roller skating night was such a dumb, innocent, like he's telling me, I heard his feelings and I'm like, I didn't say it, but I'm like, how? I don't but it's not the point though. And, and we can see things skewed. Again, we said it last week, remember, we judge ourselves by our intention, but other people by their actions. And, and so often where, where we err is we don't stop to go, hey, I actually need to, I need to go have a conversation. Not with 10 people, with one person. Not with the world, with an individual. I got to humble my heart, ask God. See, here's the thing. We can't just go to someone just full of all that emotion. Here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 15, one, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Have, Have you ever had someone just like come at you very aggressively and like immediately you're ready to like go to blows? Why? Because the Bible goes a harsh word stirs up anger but a gentle answer turns away wrath what what is gentleness it's a fruit of the of the spirit bible says in uh, proverbs I, I don't remember which one it was thank you proverbs 10:19 uh that in the multitude of words sin is not lacking but he who restrains his lips is wise you you know anybody that they just talk a lot just for all the people like me who talk a lot, the Bible goes, the more words you use, the more opportunity you're giving yourself to just say something dumb. In the multitude of words, sin is, and, and so often we, we in the heat of the moment, we're just, Jesus goes, stop. You, you, you need to, you need to push back a little bit. You You need to pray. You need to to get filled with the Spirit so that in a spirit of gentleness, you can go to someone and you can give them opportunity. But here's what Jesus says, that if you go and, and, and it doesn't work for lack of better words. He, he says, okay, so, so go and get someone, someone else. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Point number two, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Point number two, the, you take another with you to the one who, who's offended you. Now, let's just, r- real quick context. Um, w- w- Jesus doesn't say this, but, but contextually, we just have to know, like, who you take with you matters. So, 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 like, if you get in a big argument with a coworker, don't bring your mom to work the next day. You know what I mean? Like, if, if you get frustrated at someone like, in your neighborhood... Don't bring your boss to to the neighborhood barbecue. No, contextually, what he's saying is, hey, sometimes we don't see it right. Sometimes we need a third perspective. Uh, One of the scriptures that I love, Proverbs 18, 17, it says the first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. Again, we don't always see things accurately. And Jesus says, there's times that you go to some, it just, like the conversation got got worse. He goes, go get someone. Go get a brother or a sister in the Lord. Go get someone that you trust. Go get someone that has context and try again. By the way, I think that's a word for someone today. Try again. Because sometimes we've tried one time, we go, nope, that's it. It got worse. I'm done. Block, delete, cancel. But but the goal is right relationship. And, and Jesus seems to so believe in reconciled relationship that he goes, hey, go to that person. And if it doesn't go well, go try again with a third party. Matthew uh, 18, 16, listen to what Jesus says. He says, but if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. He's not saying gang up on someone. He's saying, hey, when you got two opposing sides, two people that are at odds, sometimes you you can't see. You need another person, some more people that can help to see things and measure things accurately. so, So that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, this whole thing, we can make sense of this thing. So he goes, hey, you need to first go and you need to find the person alone. Have a conversation and try again, bring bring another person with you. Bring, bring two or three people if you need to. And and still, if that does not work, number three, you can write this down. He says this, involve a pastor or a leader, Matthew 18, 17. If he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. Now, I, I said we, that we would come back to this and contextually, what we should not get out of this is that we need to bring people again to the altar on Sunday morning and let the church know. Can you imagine how awkward that would be, by the way? If it's like, hey, we're, we're, it's a new order of service. We're doing worship, giving, bring your offense time. And it's like, that, like that, that's not what he's saying. One of the things that I, I've, I've heard pastors say, in particular, Pastor Gill say this before, that we gotta remember that love doesn't cover up, but love does cover. Love does not cover things up. Love does not sweep things under the carpet, but love does cover. Love love protects people. And so, so we know what he's not saying is come and just put this person on blast to your whole small group. Hey, hey, guys, before we start group tonight, I want to bring Bob to the attention of the group. You want to tell him or you want me to? Still playing that game? Okay, like that's not what he's saying. But, but, but there are times where it's like, man, we, we're just we're hitting our head against the wall. And what I need is I need some godly wisdom. I need some godly counsel. Uh, again, th- this, has to be, this has to be contextual for every situation. There are times that I have called a pastor or a leader. I've said, hey, would you come mediate a conversation for me and so-and-so? Because like we want right relationship. I don't want to lose this. This is so, so important. But we're about to fight in the parking lot. We're so mad. and we, 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 we need some godly wisdom. But there's times it's like, well, it's not appropriate for me to bring my pastor. By the way, I will not come to your workplace. Neither will Pastor Gil. Uh, like that's not appropriate. H- however, I can go find a pastor or a leader or a small group. Lead. Say, hey, can, can you give me some wisdom? Hey, can you maybe help me to see what are some things the scripture says that I'm not seeing? Hey, would you pray with me? Can you take time and agree with me in prayer that God would give us wisdom for this situation because I want right and reconciled relationship and I need help. I remember I I was talking to someone one time, a friend of mine, and um, I, I, I was just venting something that was going on. And we, at the time, we're talking about once a week on the phone and uh, ne- next week, I'm still venting. He goes, hey, let me just interrupt you real quick. That's why Godly friends are so amazing and so frustrating. He said, hey, just a quick question. Um, have, ha- have you gone to that person? No, no. Are, are, are you planning on t- talking to them? No, not really. And are, are you planning on taking, no. He goes, all right, so here, here, here's the deal. Um, I'm not talking to you about this anymore. I, I, I gave you opportunity. I let you kind of just vent. But here, here's a rule I want to establish in our friendship. Like, what well, we got rules. There's a rule I want to establish. That if, if, we, if we're not planning on doing things the way the Bible says, and, and like, if you're not going to go talk to that person, and you, you're, you're, you're not going to receive from godly wisdom and counsel. Like we, we just, like, we got to let this go. I remember in that situation going, thank you, Jesus, for a friend who happens to be a pastor, for a man of God in my life to, to bring wisdom I needed when I just couldn't see it. To bring perspective I needed when I, and there's times that we need the wisdom of God. We need the partnership of pastors and leaders and, and, and godly counsel to help us work through something. Why? Because right relationship is the goal. Yet, Jesus says, if you go have a conversation alone, it doesn't work. And you go talk with someone two or three, and you, it doesn't work and you go and you you get godly counsel and to whatever's appropriate you you involve pastor leader church and and still Jesus says something that could be controversial but we can't ignore that he said it. He said Matthew 6 or 18 uh, 17 we'll, we'll just read it. He said if he refuses to hear them tell it to the church. But if he refuses to hear even the church, let him be to you like a heathen. And a tax collector. Number four, you can write this down and we'll we'll close right here. Uh, there are times we have to draw clear lines and create healthy boundaries. Brandon, what, what does he mean? Treat them like a heathen or a tax collector? Well, let me just say there's nowhere in the Bible where where Jesus goes, Hey, by the way, heathens and tax collectors, people who aren't believing in Jesus, just gossip about them, be angry at them. It's not, it's not what he says. But Paul gives us wisdom in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I believe it is. Paul says this, and we're, we're going to read a little bit of this passage. He says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with, with Baal? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord almighty. Paul is reminding us in second Corinthians that relationships are so powerful. They're so powerful. And we, we're gonna speak next week much more to what healthy boundaries and lines look like, uh, uh, what those look like and um, how, how we practically do that and the complexity of it. But but for, for the sake of today, Paul is reminding us relationships are so powerful. They're so powerful. The Bible goes, how can two walk together unless they are agreed? How, how can two walk together unless they're moving in the same Direction. Paul says at the beginning, he says, "Don't be unequally yoked." Brandon, what what is a yoke? Well, cu- culturally, a yoke would, would, was, a, was a wooden instrument that that would 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 bind two oxen together, and it bind two oxen together for the purpose of using their strength, using their power, to to walk and, and behind them uh, uh, pull an instrument that would plow a field. But, but if you got a really strong ox, you got a weak ox, you got two oxen that just have different strengths, different abilities, d- d- different motivation, well, what would happen is the strong ox would take over. And because the strong ox would take over, they would end up just doing this. walking in, in circles. Paul says, hey, don't, don't be unequally yoked. Does that mean that we're not friends with people who are not? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we only eat Christian food and wear Christian clothes and go to No. No. But, but the power of relationship that does this, that is intimately, closely, Connected, that is that is walking together, leveraging the power, the potential of relationship from every angle to, to leverage one another's strengths, to walk together into the fullness of what God has purposed and God has planned, to grow in Christ together, to be on. He goes, don't be unequally yoked for how can two walk together unless they are agreed? And the whole 2 Corinthians passage, he's going, guys, 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 if you've given your life to Jesus, if you've given your heart to him and you are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, what business has one who's been saved and set free and filled with the power and the spirit of God, what business have they being yoked and connected and tied with one who is, who is worshiping and serving idols. How, how, how does that relate to Matthew chapter 18? Jesus says, if, if all these things have not yielded, uh, again, just has to be said, Jesus is assuming, by the way, he's assuming the motivation of your heart is right. He's assuming that. He's assuming that the motivation of your heart is restored relationship. He's assuming the motivation of your heart is not keeping score and keeping count, but walking in free. He's assuming your motivation is right and reconciled relationship. Because if you went to them and they refused, you brought some other people and they refused. You got some godly counsel and some wisdom, maybe even got a path, and they refused. For, for the sake of you <clears throat> being able to move forward, for the sake of you being able to keep walking and moving in the direction that God has for you, for the sake of your, your health from the inside out, he says, treat him like a tax collector or a heathen." What does that mean? What it means is you create a line and a boundary. And it's not that I don't love you And I don't desire right relationship, but I just can't live like this anymore. Again, there's so much complexity to this, which is why we're gonna take all of next week to talk about boundaries and lines and all of that complexity. How do we actually do this? But, But what I want you to see today is that God has a plan. God has a process. God says, you know, walk in forgiveness, but walk it out this way. Go have a conversation. Get get some more people involved to help you see this thing right. Go get the wisdom and the counsel of God. And for all you're trying, don't be afraid if need be to create a line and a boundary so that healing can happen. Here's the question I wanna ask this morning as we close. Are there any areas of your life relationally right now where where, where maybe you haven't been doing it God's way? Are there any areas of your life right now where I just can't seem to walk in forgiveness the way that God's asked me to? Could it be possible it's because you're not walking it out the way that God has instructed? Is, is, Is there anybody this week in a spirit of love and gentleness and a humility that you just need to have a conversation with Hey, I've been sitting on this for a long time. And at this point, it's not your fault. At this point, it's, it's me for holding on to it. But I just got to let you know that I'm hurting. I'm in pain. And I, I don't want to live like this anymore. Then there any errors? Are you just throwing up your hands and give it up? That's it. I'm done. Forget it. Well, hold, 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 hold on. Maybe you need to go find a friend, a brother and sister in Christ and go, hey, this is kind of weird, but would you mind coming with me to talk to so-and-so? Because man, like I don't want to live like this anymore, but I need help getting this thing back on track. Any areas where where, where you you go, man, I just, I need God to help me. I I, I need a pastor. I need a leader. I need some godly wisdom and counsel to know how to move forward because I don't want to stay here and live like this. Are there any areas that you just know the Holy Spirit is just speaking to you? Hey, draw a line, create a boundary. Boundaries may not be forever; they may just be to provide some space for healing and restoration to happen. Are there any areas where God is speaking to you today? And the reason you haven't been able to walk in forgiveness. Is because you're not walking it out the way that God has instructed. Can I pray for you, Lord? Today, um, wow, what a what, what a tough subject, and what a what, what a difficult subject to to fully get our heads and our hearts around because there is so much complexity. There's so much complexity, God. And God, I I, I know even in in preaching this this morning that there's so much nuance that there's no way that that I could ever speak to to some of it so much of it's unknown. And so I really am asking by the power of the Holy Spirit that God you would minister to every single person today under the sound of my voice. Everyone who's sitting here, everyone watching online, God would you minister to them and would you speak to them individually and personally about the steps you're asking them to take? God, I pray that you you would just unpack and unclutter this subject and help us this morning to see it with ease, with simplicity, knowing that God, you are with us, God, you will help us. And I pray that as we begin to even more, more, more so say, God, we want to walk in your ways. I wanna do it God's way, that as we walk out forgiveness in the way that you've prescribed, I pray that God, a supernatural empowerment would come so that we could walk In it the way you've commanded. In Jesus' name, all God's people said today, Amen and Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.